0: um that first mixed emoji and we talked a little bit about marriage and a, I guess a little bit about dating and we're going to do the same thing again today and we dealt with Ruth and Boaz and I showed you how God can take a mixed up group of folks don't look at anybody right now but he can take a mixed up group of folks and bring about his will because um uh, when I think of the women that God used that was foreigners, Ruth being one of them, uh, who married Boaz, and they had Obed, and then Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse David, and David Solomon, and Solomon Rehoboam, right on down. You know, that was the lineage of Judah. And then I think about just a generation or two above that was Rahab the harlot. And uh, I, I see where God just brought people, and I—, I And then there was Bathsheba as well. Um, And then I, I just mentioned these women that God can take from foreign countries who the religious world of that day said, you shouldn't even be here, let alone in the lineage. And God said, I think I'll use them anyway. And so you might be here today and not have the right pedigree or you don't think you have the right color or the right degree or, or any of all those things. But I want to tell you something that God has got a Mr. Right or a Mrs. Right somewhere for you. Amen. Now, uh, they, they might be in the mirror. I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. I know the apostle Paul had that gift of celibacy and he was just able to get along right by himself. And I guess some of us may be destined for that. But nonetheless, I believe that God wants you to be able to figure out who it is. Now, some of y'all are doing a pretty good job of trying. Hello? And, but you're trying in all the wrong ways. Hey Amen? You done tried Mr. Right, Mr. Left, Up, Down, Back, Forward, White, Black, Indian. Is anybody with me? And we just, I mean, I mean, we're just trying them out. And, uh, but... And I want to tell you that, that things are weird today. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's different than it was. And, and I don't consider myself old. I'm 51. I don't think I'm so far removed, even though I've been married 33 years. Uh, I think back of dating in my time, and then I compare that to dating you know, in my mom and dad's time, and I listen to them, and things have really gone crazy since then. We had took a quantum leap. When my generation came, and now we just fell right off the world, it seems. Let me help you understand that. First of all, sometimes it does take a mountain. I want you to know that. Sometimes it does take a mountain. Maybe it's in your marriage, and maybe it's a mountain of infidelity. Maybe it's a mountain of doubt or jealousy or the loss of a job and income or whatever. Sometimes it takes a mountain for you to just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and for God to fix your arrogance, or maybe your pride, or whatever it is. And sometimes, so it so might be a mountain today, it might be in your marriage, it might be in your, your life of some, you know, your business, your friendship, your relationship. But uh, I just want you to know that God uses mountains. God uses troubled seas. God uses deep, dark valleys. And so while you're on your way, and, and I know I posed the question, who's the one for me? Don't be discouraged and don't be dismayed. You know, I've watched this over the years because, uh, you know, in what I do, I deal with people. And I've seen women searching for Mr. Right so long. I mean, they change themselves every other month to reinvent themselves to find that guy. But the problem is when you reinvent yourself over and over and over again, you find out that you, after all, you don't know who you are because you was this for this one and you were that for that one. And, and, you know, you you changed your voice for this one, and you changed everything else for that one. And there is something to be said about come as you are. Now, I'm not saying you ought not brush your teeth and use deodorant, because that's going to, you know, obviously that's going to be a big turnoff. I don't know too many people who's really uh, stoked out about sweaters on your teeth or stinking underarms. or. Y'all with me? Say amen or oh me. I don't know about you. But uh, that ain't my attraction. Now, now, now everybody to his own. But uh, I never was turned on by those types of things. But here's what I want you to know. Dating is different today than it was in my day. And I want to tell you something. That information superhighway called the Internet has changed a whole lot of things, man. That thing has made some people that are this big, they feel like they are, I mean, they are Mr. Moncho. Or, I mean, they can talk so bad on there. We can make ourselves look so good. Matter of fact, some of you doctored your pictures up so more. If you do come missing, we ain't going to be able to find you. Because you ain't got no wrinkles. You don't have no blemishes. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong because you have touched it up until the editing program is smoking red hot. Now, now, so if we ever get missing you, we need to know what you really look like. Are y'all with me? Because I know when you submit your picture on Match.com, ooh, or maybe for you it was our time, huh? We got a few of them. Um, in fact, I found a couple of our members on there. So, "No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't go that far." But uh, I, yeah, it, silver singles. Now I don't know how old you got to be to get singles. Okay, there you can meet some black singles if that's what you you know, or some white singles or. You know, you can, even if you're single parents, man, we got it all figured out. Matter of fact, if you want you a farmer, <laughs> that's FarmersOnly.com. We can, you know, we can hook you up. Um, you know, there's another one called PlentyOfFish.com. Fish in the sea. Uh, there's InterracialDating.com. Are y'all, hey, some of y'all are taking notes right now. Boy, I can see, boy. Hey, <laughs> They say, man, I'm going to find that one that's right for me. And then there's flirt.com, and then there's, you know, militarycupid.com for you military folks out there. So we got all the bases covered. I, I just want you to know, dating is a lot different now, man, because there's no inhibitions. Man, but by the time you done get through all of this and you fill out your profile and that, that, that Tinder.com too. Oh, there was another one. Somebody told me, ladies, you might want to get this one down if you're taking notes, stud or dud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy might be telling you he owns 1,000 acres and he drives the Escalade and all this, and he might have just got fired from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we just don't know. I'm just trying to help you out, you know, so anyway. So, but technology has made things different, and, um, you know, uh, I don't know because I'm not in the scene. Some people said it's even taking the fun out of it, but, but it, it, it's tried to make it easier, and I guess in some respects we do, uh, because how many of y'all, be honest with me? you ever been on a blind date? Ain't nobody going to raise it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Dating is risky to start with. I jumped out of an airplane three times yesterday, so listen, but dating is even more risky than that. Dating is risky business, and especially if it's a blind date. Somebody's got a sister or a cousin or an uncle or somebody, and man, it's a risky thing. You just don't know, so nowadays you can go check them out on all this. But um, I would argue, after we get beyond some of this funny stuff and it makes us laugh and whatever, I would say that technology has taken away what dating is all about, really. Because nowadays dating is more about a hookup for tonight or next weekend, and sort of a little fun in the sun, or just a two or three day fling. And a matter of fact, we got friends with benefits. We just sort of hang out, know each other's name, we get together and have sex. (laughs) Yeah, woohoo! So, but see, dating is now it's become about the hookup. What does this guy look like? What, and I believe, I mean, I know looks are important. It's not the only thing, and it's not everything, but it is something. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. But dating involves taking risks. Risk, uh, but but we've got to ask ourselves if we're going to be serious about who is the right one for me, what is the goal of dating? If you would never consider him ever to be your lifelong partner, then you shouldn't date him. If you know in your mind that there is never, ever, whatsoever a chance, and, you, and that's just turned clean off you know, for her, then why go out? I don't care how good she looks. But see, we need to identify what it is, the goal. In other words, the goal of dating is supposed to be finding a mate for life, finding someone to grow old with. That's what dating is supposed to be about, but today there's no end goal, or at least it's changed because nowadays when, uh, let me just say it like this, maybe you go on Zoosk or maybe it's Tinder, or, you know, and, uh, and I can't remember Tinder, you, some of y'all can help me out, you swipe left for no and right for yes or something, you know, if, if you're good to go and you're ready for the hookup, be careful when you swipe right, are y'all with me? But uh, one girl said it like this. She said, when my predate anxieties kick in, I'm thinking about, am I going to be pretty enough? Or, you know, is he going to like my body? Am I wearing the right clothes? And are they a mix of sexy yet modest? Is my makeup just right? What is he going to think about me? Now, your mom and my mom was probably thinking about different things. At least they told us they were. Right. I mean, my mom's not here, but but I really, I mean, if we go back and look, uh, my wife was talking to me yesterday, and it might date us a little bit and tell us how old we are. She said, did you ever see the Brady Bunch's mom half naked running around, or did you ever see them making out on TV? And some of y'all might not even remember the Brady Bunch or, or June Cleaver or any of them. And no, things was different. when When they were dating, they might have called it courting back then. Are y'all with me? And, but it was more about is this man gonna be a good father to my children and a good husband to me? Is he gonna be a good provider? Will he love me all of my days? And so, is, is, is he gonna do these things? And is he gonna lead our family in a good manner? And, you know, but nowadays we get so caught up into the physical deal. And I'm not saying that physical attraction is not important. But there's also the emotional attachment and the spiritual attachment. Amen? Uh, I I mean, we have attraction, emotional attraction and and the spiritual attraction. So there's three different levels going on right here. But here's what the Bible says in Psalm 139 and 14. While you might be thinking, I don't know if she thinks I'm going to be the right guy or he's, you know, whatever. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, looking for that right one, we probably ought to try to put on the best face that we can. I'm not talking about being a plain hypocrite, but I am saying clean up, you know, and put a new uh, coat of paint on the barn. <laughs> I'm trying to be gentle. That wasn't in the notes. But, I mean, I mean, that don't change the structure of who you are, it just beautifies the structure of who you are. Now I know some of y'all got it all worked out, man. Because y'all got the Mary Kay going, y'all got the oils going, y'all got the fragrance going, man. You got everything in the world. So, so, so you got all that topical stuff. But let's make sure we got the integrity. So, but, but God already thinks we're pretty enough or handsome enough. He already knows all that stuff. And uh, so we need to be asking God, Are you going to give me a a a good mate, the one that's gonna take care of me, the one that we can grow old together, the one we can have children together. So um if here's the problem. If we're not careful the way things are set up now, you you get on one of these sites that I mentioned, stud or dud, and it said he was a stud. And so uh, maybe you swipe to the right and you, you got this hook up and Friday night's coming, you get off work and man you, you've uh, got yourself all dolled up and brothers you've got yourself with that $75 cologne on and man you're ready to go and Woo, hallelujah, you got the the rims cleaned up on the car, and everything's nice, and your child support's paid. Oh, oh. (laughs) Um, that wasn't in 0 Anyway, but nonetheless, if you're not careful, you take her to a nice restaurant. Maybe you got a few flowers, maybe you got a card or whatever, and the next thing you know, you end up knowing the person before you actually know the person. You remember like Adam knew his wife. That's a term for having sexual relationship. You've been up knowing them before you really know them. Matter of fact, I have talked with more than one who said, I got up the next morning and he was gone and I don't even know his name. Now that's a shame. It don't have to be that way. That's the way, that's not how God intended it to be. Let me tell you what Solomon did. Now, Solomon, I want to tell you, he done a lot of dating, bro, because he had 700 wives. Now, I just don't understand something about this. And y'all let me take a little identification break, if I may. Because the Bible declares him to be the wisest man, the wisest king that ever ruled. How in the world does the wisest man get married 700 times? <laughs> I just don't know about that, man. I've only done it one time. And you understand what I'm saying is, brothers, are y'all with me in the house? But 700, now wives, some of y'all are thinking I'm just messing with you. How would you like it if your husband had 699 more? You wouldn't like that, I don't think. But here's what Solomon said. The preacher said in Ecclesiastes, he said, I denied myself nothing that I desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in my labor, and all this was a reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless and chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So, you know, if we're not careful... We will just keep on with meaningless toil. We will just, all the things we do means nothing. We look around in five years and we have dated this one and that one and the other, and we ain't no closer to a mate than when we started. Hello? So I I need to uh, move on. You see, a hookup is about physical desire, but marriage is about making a covenant. Um, So let me tell you a story today, and man, time has a way of getting by so quick, and it's a story of Samson and Delilah. Now, I read about Samson way back in chapter 13. I would urge you to read 13 through 16 of the book of Judges. I'll give you a good synopsis of Samson. Well, Samson's mother uh, was visited by an angel one day, and this angel says, and, and then this woman was barren. He said, listen, God's going to open your womb, and you're going to have a child, and God's raising him up for a reason. God's raising him up for a reason. No razor shall ever go upon his head and he shall never touch wine or strong drink because he is to be devoted a Nazarite unto the Lord. So God echoed this to his mother and or he said it to his mother and then she told it or she echoed it to his father and then the angel come back again told both of them that and then done an amazing thing and ascended back to heaven in the middle of the flame off of a burnt offering that they had offered his dad's name was Manoah and they offered this flame uh, I mean the sacrifice and the Lord just this angel just done magnificently in front of them and it just confirmed what was going on so sure enough she has this boy now, God has him born from a barren woman, and he's got a big purpose in life, although he does have a downfall, women. He has a weakness for women that he just, a matter of fact, he was going down to Timna one day to, uh, you know, and he saw this woman that he just fell head over heels in love for and um he come back home, told his dad, said, you got to get her to marry and all this stuff. And anyway, a lion come out and he killed a lion and all this stuff. And he come back by while he's bringing his mom and dad down there. And bees had made a, a honeycomb in there. And he scooped out of the, you know, uh, carcass of the lion when he was by himself. And he took it home and he gave some to his mom and dad. And, you know, he told this riddle to the people of Timna, you know, about um, out of the eater something uh, uh, sweet and out of the strong, you know, all this stuff. So he tells them this riddle. And old Samson had a problem like Brother Earl. Uh, he called his wife. Uh, you know, they, they, they figured out uh, what was the riddle was because he offered them this riddle. He said, if you can solve this riddle in seven days of the feast, I'll give you 30 linen garments and some clothes and all that. And finally, he said, had you not been plowing with my heifer, <laughs> his girlfriend, had you not been plowing with my heifer, you wouldn't have known my riddle. They solved the riddle, so he went out and killed 30 men, took their clothes, and gave them back to pay his debt that he had made. You know? But anyway, he had a problem with women. So it picks up right now in chapter 16. I'm skipping some things of his history to get you to where I want to be today. But in chapter 16, let's look at it right here. The Bible says, one day Samson went to Gaza, and when he saw a prostitute, uh-oh, woo he saw a prostitute, he went in and spent the night with her. Now, I doubt that they were praying. I'm just saying. I've had people tell me, oh, Pastor, you know, me and my man, we live in the house together. He lives on one end. I live on Man, quit telling. As a matter of fact, I stopped him dead in my tracks. I said, listen, I wasn't born yesterday. You ain't living in the same house, and you ain't sleeping together. Tell me that. Go talk to somebody that believes it, because I don't. Hello? Hello? That's right. You, that's, just, that's just a fact. Let's just be honest with you. So here he is, you know, and the people of Gaza told uh, you know, they said, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place. Now, you got to understand, they wanted to get Samson. you got to understand, Samson was God's man. Now, understand this as well, that God had raised up the Philistines to punish Israel because of their waywardness, and you know, much like he has done many times before. And so this is a Philistine woman. But he sees this prostitute, he goes into her, and he spends the night with her, and... Um, they said, uh, so they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move to the, during the night. They said, but at dawn, we're going to kill him. So they were trying to get him. Well, he lay there until the middle of the night, but then he got up and he took the doors of the city and the gate together and the post and tore them loose bar and all, and he lifted them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Hebron is part of Israel. So he, he carries, I mean, Samson was endowed with strength beyond the measure of any human that we know. But then the Bible says, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman of the valley of Zorak. So man, here he is. He's born for a purpose, much like you and I. God's hand is upon him, much like you and I. I mean, God's got a plan, but yet he has this downfall, and he has this weakness that he is struggling with, and he will never conquer it in his life. And it's bad. But God is still going to use Samson that he might bring judgment to the Philistines. So let me show you this. And how is this about finding Mr. Right? I, 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 if I can get there, I promise I'm going to show you. So, so he fell, fell in love with this woman in the Valley of Zorak. Her name was Delilah. Some of you have heard of her over the years. The, the rulers of the Philistines said to her, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength. So listen, the Philistine people went straight to Delilah, and they said, out the gate, I know you just got this brand new relationship, but can we offer you some money to get you to, so let me go ahead and tell you, she's not Mrs. Wright. Right. The prostitute, the night before, or, or a week before, whenever it was, she was not Mr. Wright, although he had these in his eyes. Right. You know, I don't know, we probably ought to write lust inside of those, but nonetheless, that's kind of how it was. But, but they said, we want to get him, and so how, see if you can lure him though we might overpower him and tie him up and subdue him and if, if we'll do that we'll each one give you 1100 shekels of silver you know how much 1100 shekels of silver that's 28 pounds of silver that's a lot of money back then 28 pounds of silver Samson answered her or, or she said to him she said tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued now brothers unless you got this in your eyes that ought to You know, be a sign to you if a woman is saying, how do you get, how can I tie you up? I don't know in today's world. (laughs) How can I tie you up and subdue you? Hello? And, uh, but he has all these hearts in his eyes and he's, you know, gone crazy with her and he has this weakness. And so he tells her, he said, if you take seven fresh bowstrings." Like a bow and arrow, the bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll be as weak as any other man. So she got seven bowstrings, she tied them up tight, and she said, "Samson, the Philistines be upon thee!" But he snapped those bowstrings as if it was a, a string that had gotten too close to the fire, and boom, it's gone. Well, she said to him, "Samson, verse ten, you have made a fool of me. Come and now tell me how you can be tied." And again, he's got these hearts in his eyes and he ain't thinking nothing about she's just going to turn him over to let him be killed. Huh? So he says, well, if you, re- if you took some new ropes, not used ropes, but new ropes, never been used before, I'll be as weak as another man. So then she had some men come over to the house. They're hiding in the closet. She ties him up with some new ropes. I don't know if this was a sex game or what, but nonetheless, she ties him up with some new ropes and then she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee, and and, you know, all of this, and he snapped the ropes off as if, the Bible said, as if they were mere threads. So Delilah comes back to him and says, you're making a fool of me again, please tell me how you can be tied, and stars are dancing in his eyes again, and he just, guys, I would think that by now, you get it figured out, but no, no, she said, tell me if you really love me. Tell me, really. He said, well, if you was to weave my hair, if I laid down my head in your lap, and you were to weave my hair on the loom into fabric, I'd be weak like any other man. Well, he done that, and uh, so... um, she hid men out again, had another night, another starry night and eyes and all this stuff. And she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. He snatched his head out of that loom, tore the loom to pieces of the weaving equipment, tore it to pieces, shook his head and got out. So now I want you to understand this. Here we go. She said to them, how can you say you love me? How do you say you love me when you will not confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and you've not told me the secret of your strength. And watch this, verse number 16, I want you to get this. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Still had stars in his eyes and hearts in his eyes. She prodded him until he was sick to death of it. And he said, so he told her everything, verse 17, no razor has ever been used on my head. Because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. Let me back you up to Judges 13, 6, and 7. And here's what the angel told his mama. You know, a man of God came to me. She's telling Manoah, her husband, this. He looked like the angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Listen, she was barren. And now then, drink no wine or, or no fermented drink. And do not eat anything unclean because the boy would be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. And she's tried to honor that. She did honor that. But now he has grown up. He's out of her house now. And while God has a plan for his life, he's looking for Miss Wright. And man, he's trying this one, like some of y'all. He's trying that one down at Timna. He's trying this prostitute at the gate of the city. He's trying this old girl over here. And, and, you know, we just, we go about here and there and everywhere looking for who it is. And I don't even know that Samson's really looking for who it is. He might be just looking for the hookup. But God's not expecting you and I to look for the hookup. He's looking at, he wants us for the long haul. Y'all with me? So let me try to, to tie this up, make some sense out of it. So when she done that, she told him, um, he told her everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. That she put him to sleep on her lap, verse 19. Called for someone to come and shave the seven braids of hair, and they began to subdue him. Watch this. When you violate what God said, this was what God said, a razor shall never touch your head. And this began to violate what God said. They began to subdue him. Watch this, and his strength left him. And then she said, Samson, the Philistians are upon you. And he awoke from his sleep and thought, I will go out and shake myself free, as I've done it other times before. But he did not know. The Spirit of the Lord had left him. And so, listen, we can run after our own way. We can try this, we can try that. We can do everything we want to do. Samson played with fire. And you know what I say? If you play with fire, you're going to get burned. If you'll notice, Samson got a little closer, a little closer. He said, "Bowstrings." It wasn't bowstrings. He said, new ropes. It wasn't new ropes. He said, well, if you'll weave my hair. Notice he's getting a little bit closer now. Just weave my hair into the loom. And then he got up and he snatched the loom away from the wall, shook himself free, and he was gone. But then, nagging day after day and prodding day after day, she finally said, tell me your strength. Tell me wherein your strength lies. And he says... I'm dedicated to God God's got a plan for my life my mother was never to drink alcohol during the whole pregnancy and um, uh, no razor was to come up on my head and all my life I had this Nazarite vow and I've been faithful to it until now now watch this unwittingly he did not know you know why? because of this he's so caught up in that He don't realize while she's stroking his hair and rubbing his face, once he gets into a good sleep, she's going to reach back and grab the razor and begin to shave his head. And while she shaves his head and the hair begins to fall away, the Spirit of God, as surely as that hair leaves his head, leaves his body. He don't even realize it. She says, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. He might have thought, man, my head sure is cold. He reached Now he's bald. He does not have the long seven braids anymore. They're gone. But he says, I'll do like I've done every other time. He got up and he shook himself. He ran outside and he's surrounded by Philistines. And he shakes himself and says, I'll just whip them like I did those 30 guys. And there was another time he slew a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He said, you know what, I'm just fixing to, you know, I'm just fixing to whip all of them. But when they closed in on him, he did not have the strength that he once had. And when we begin to violate the word of God again and again and again, and we go down roads that we know we're not supposed to go, and we're claiming we're looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and we get closer and closer and closer, we're playing with fire. Next thing you know, you find yourself without God. He's laying in a woman's lap, and his strength is gone, and his God is gone. So the Philistines grabbed him this time. They they locked hold of him. I don't know what Delilah's doing, but you know what? She's probably smiling because they have promised her a big sum of money. Samson feels like a fool now as he's led down the road with armed guards on each side and their javelins and spears, and they're carrying him to the prison house. In the prison house there was a, a wheel if you could mat- picture this table as a wheel and there was bars that stretched out And there was another bar here and another bar there kind of like if you could take the, the wheel of a ship and just lay it over horizontally like this and they would take their prisoners and tie their hands to the bars And that was a meal where they would grind corn and They would make those prisoners walk all day long Give them just enough water and just enough bread to keep them alive. And they would walk all day. And so Samson, while he was destined to be something great in the kingdom of God, he found himself looking for love in all the wrong places and searching for this one and searching for that one. It turned out to be his downfall. And so here he is in the prison house, grinding at the mill. Not only did they take him down there, maybe they decided, we're going to fix your problem with women. And they gouged out both of his eyes. No longer could he look upon women I never thought about that till just now but here's what I want you to do I mean while we're looking for mr. or miss right the problem is is we're looking to find in them everything we want they got to have this good shape they got to have a few brains hello they got to at least say they're a Christian, whether or not they really go to church, whether or not. And there's a lot of them that even come every Sunday and don't live it out. Live like hell. But, oh, I'm a member of somewhere. Why? If you don't live it, what good is the membership? Membership can't get you to heaven. Baptism can't get you to heaven. Hello? Affiliation can't get you to heaven. But a blood relationship with Jesus Christ can. And so who's who's mr. right let me say this while we're looking for mr. or miss right we're looking for everything in them and I think what God is saying for you and I to do is to be the best you that you can be we're so worried about fixing everybody else why don't I make myself the? listen if I'm single and I'm not no market I'm out my days beyond they're gone but if you're single the best thing you can do is make yourself the best you that you can be. And as you work on yourself and you're making yourself the best person that you can be, God will have Mr. or Mrs. Wright somewhere looking and noticing. Boy, he sure is doing it right. Hello? Lord, have mercy. Um, if we're not careful, we will try everything in the world except what, I mean we will buy this product, we will buy that product, we will join this site and we'll join that site, we'll go out with our girlfriends and our boyfriends and we'll do this and we'll do that and I want to tell you something, God has a way have you ever thought about it like this express your desire to God God, I need a husband I need a godly husband well you probably ain't going to find him at the bar I mean, if I want to catch bass, I got to go where bass live. If I want to catch catfish, I got to go where catfish live. I want to catch brim. I got to go where brim live. So you're not going to find a stud where duds hang out. Hello? Brothers, same for you. Oh, I want a good godly wife. You ain't going to find them at the cat house. just trying to tell you but if we will just ask God and God would help us and we it becomes more about his will than our will I need to tell you about Samson I I gotta tell you this cuz time's getting by they took Samson and, and they had a big party one day they had a big party and they brought Samson out the Philistines was making sport in other words they were they come together and they just wanted to laugh and mock and they said, you know, this guy, he was something else, man. He took the bars of the city, the gates of the city, and the post one time up on his shoulder and walked to the top of the hill. This is a guy with the jawbone of a donkey killed a thousand men. Another time, he whipped 30 men by himself and took their clothes and gave them to pay a debt. So bring him out, boys! They brought him out, and he's at this big temple where they worship their god, Dagon. And uh, the Bible said they brought him out to make sport of him, and they had a young little boy. Because what can Samson do now? He even got no eyes. But I want you to understand something. If you study him in prison, just read the rest of the chapter. He said they put him in there and he began to grind at the meal. They gouged out his eyes. How be it? His hair began to grow again. And while he's grinding at the meal he's praying God now I don't know what all the, the other prayer was but I've made a mistake I'm asking you to avenge me for my two eyes and God heard his prayer and they brought him out and they didn't put no big guards on him. They just had a young boy just took him out there and he said to the little boy take me to the pillars of the temple and he took him right to the middle and there's a big pillar here and there's one there And the boy put his hand on it, and he felt that pillar, and he put his hand here. And while they're having a big party that day, they're really getting down. We've got Samson. I want you to understand something. I don't know how much God had to alter his plan or if he did, but I know this. He was born for a mission, and that was to defeat the Philistines. The Bible said he prayed, and he asked God with all of his might, God avenge me for my two eyes. Give me strength one more time that I might die even now with the Philistines. And he pushed the temple pillars apart and the temple fell and I think about 3,000 people died that day. And the Bible says more died in his death than ever did in his life. Now I don't know how God took somebody who was, you know, a womanizer somebody who's with this one and that one and all that, and he never did find Mrs. Wright. But in the end of his life, God still fulfilled his purpose. So as you stand with me right now, I know people that say, Pastor, I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old, I've been through four husbands, I've been, you know, I I don't know, I just can't make this thing work. How about let's just quit trying everything that you've tried before And let's just say, God, with the rest of my life, whatever's left, can you help me not just look at the dating site? Help me not just to look for, you know, Mr. Macho or Mr. Money or Mrs. This or Mrs. That. But, Lord, guide me that you might be pleased with somebody to live the rest of my days. I've already got the gray hair. Maybe I ain't got no hair. But, Lord, whatever the balance of my life is, I want to live it out in a right relationship with you. And that is who's right for me. Whoever's right in the eyes of God. So I want to be the best me that I can be. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. And remember this as we get ready to pray. You're not going to find what you're looking for in some of the places you're looking. Father, in the name of Jesus. Take these few words today about Samson and Delilah, and somehow, Lord, make sense of it and help us come to grips with who's right for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.